Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we talk about when and whether you should let your kids explore Disney World on their own. What are the rules and what do you need to think about? Find all the episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we really appreciate it if you could leave a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered where you can receive bonus content. Or you can support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. If you have any questions for the podcast, email us DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter, or find us on Facebook and Instagram, DisneyDeciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So before we start today's episode, we are recording on Thursday, September 29th, and Florida has been really severely affected by Hurricane Ian. And so, uh, you know, we don't totally know at the moment what the effects are for Disney World, but that's not super important right now. It's just the images coming out of Florida, especially out of the West Coast, but even some of the central areas like Universal and SeaWorld seem to have gotten hit worse than Disney World was. Uh, just looks really bad. And so we just wanted to start today's episode by saying that, you know, we're really thinking of everyone down in Florida. And I know this won't come out until next Wednesday, and hopefully we'll know more and uh, the damage will have been assessed. But it is just a mess down there. And even though Disney World is, as of right now, opening tomorrow, it's still pretty crazy to just see everything that uh, that hurricane did. Yeah, absolutely. It really does look devastating for parts of Florida. And of course, you know, being in the line of work that we're in, we know a lot of people who are in harm's way. And so definitely thinking about them and hoping to get, you know, news about people and pets and property as, you know, the days tick along. Yeah. And to be clear, that's because we have friends who live in the area, not because we have friends who book vacations uh, storm chasing. Right. <laughs> I think that was implied, people. but I hope that was implied. <laughs> just want to just want to be clear. I mean, we do know people down there who are in the parks, but uh, they're not down there because of the hurricane. Uh, I'll just uh, leave it at that. But yes, yeah, so, you know, everyone down there, especially if you're affected, um, we just really hope everything is okay. And we know that these things can be a mess uh, for a long time. And Disney World and Disney stuff, uh, theme park stuff in general, vacation, that's just all a privilege and just really trivial uh, in the face of such destruction. So we hope everyone is doing okay out there. There's a no easy transition, um, so we'll just get right to the episode. Today we are going to be talking about, uh, you know, Leslie and I, we have kids aged 5 to 13, or, or I'm sorry, my kid is 4, first of all, sorry, uh, 4 to 13, is, is that right, Leslie? Yes, my oldest is 13. Yes. So we have kids four to 13. And, you know, along that spectrum, you know, we're really getting to the age where we're starting to think about what is it like to give our kids more independence, both in life, but also as it relates to this podcast, uh, when they're in the Disney parks. And so what we thought we would do is go over Disney's official policies for what kind of independence you're allowed to have for your kids in Disney World. And, uh, also, Disneyland, the rules are the same. Um, but also, we want to talk about just some of our own personal thoughts and feelings on what we are considering doing or allowing our kids to do um, when they're in the parks. Now, this first topic is not totally related, but we figured this is a good place to put it in um, just because a lot of people are traveling down to Florida with younger kids who, you know, you would never, I would never think to let my four-year-old walk around Disney World by herself. But 
I do have to think about car seats and stuff like that when I get down to Disney World. So we want to start by just talking about what are the car seat rules that you have to deal with in Disney World, because at least coming from Massachusetts, the laws in Florida are very different um, than the laws are up here. Or not very different, but they're different. Um, so, Leslie, in terms of car seats, what does the Florida Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles website say? So Florida requires children ages five and under to be in a child restraint device, and there's some asterisks that you place along with that. Uh, if you're zero to three, then you need to be in a regular car seat. So what we think of as like five-point harness. And then children ages four and five can be in either a five-point harness or in a booster seat. So this is probably some of the most lax car seat rules anywhere in the U.S. In California, I think kids have to be in a booster until they turn eight. And it's recommended, you know, far beyond that based upon height and things like that. Um, I know by the the uh, American Academy of Pediatrics. So Florida definitely gives you a little bit of parental judgment room, but for kids under six, so zero to five, then you need to think about car seats. It is kind of surprising because I have a seven-year-old who is pretty small and I still think about, you know, whether I need to bring a booster. Well, I don't think about it. I bring a booster down for him when I go down to Florida. But technically, he wouldn't need a car seat uh, according to Florida law. Obviously, there is what is your comfort level. Um, and for a lot of parents, it's not going to be the Florida law that determines whether you need a car seat or not for your child. But what your comfort level is with their safety. Technically, when I rent a car, I don't need a car seat for him. And even though she's way too small for it, and I guess... On the website, it does say, you know, read the manufacturer's description, et cetera, et cetera. But technically, you know, my four-year-old who is tiny and I would never put in a booster, I could just have her in a booster. I guess this is where I say that, you know, the travel boosters that we use are called Me Folds, um, and we really like those. And Leslie, I know, I think your kids have outgrown boosters, but but you used to use the Bubble Bum, was it? Yeah, Bubble Bum is what we use. My youngest just turned nine. We still actually use a booster for him at home. But when we travel, we're really not usually bringing one unless it's like something where we'll have a very long road trip, you know, just for like a quick Uber ride or like a quick rental car ride, you know, from the airport to Disney. We aren't using it as much anymore. But yes, the Bubble Bum was our one of choice for many, many years. Yep. And so just so you know, like Uber car seat is available in the Walt Disney World area in the Orlando area. And so that will be Ubers that definitely come with at least one five point harness car seat. And that may be enough to help you and your family out, especially if you know that, you know, I guess the nice thing about this law is if you only need a trip from the airport to Disney World or wherever, maybe you're willing to, you know, risk a six-year-old who you would normally put in a car seat, um, just not having one for that trip since um, that's the law and you'll be okay getting into that Uber uh, without it, at least legally in Florida's eyes. All right, so that's car seat stuff, but let's get to the older kids. Now, originally I got this idea because I was just thinking about what I could or could not allow my daughter to do while she's at Disney World, and I found a very useful blog post on Touring Plans blog, which is at touringplans.com slash blog, which is uh, titled, you know, is your child ready to be alone in Walt Disney World? And on Walt Disney World's website, there is just kind of the rules and regulations of Walt Disney World in general. And there's like a list of them. And on the website, it states 
only a couple lines about what kind of independence your kids are allowed to have on Walt Disney World property. And so there's only really two lines to go over. The first is children under age 14 must be accompanied by a guest age 14 or older to enter the following Walt Disney World parks and locations. What follows is a list of all the parks and locations in Walt Disney World. And the second line is children under age seven must be accompanied by a person age 14 years or older to board an attraction. So that's like really all the official text that there is about whether your kids are allowed to be alone at Walt Disney World. So if you just are reading the text, technically, after you enter the park with your less than 14-year-old, you could let them run around the park alone, but they just can't ride attractions alone until they're seven. So in my mind, that kind of makes me think that I just operate under the idea that putting those two things together, Disney doesn't mind if your kids are walking around alone if they're seven and up. Now, frankly, I have not let my kid do anything except for go to the bathroom by herself. Um, but, you know, I'm curious, practically, what does this mean for you and your kids? Or what kind of independence are you willing to give your nine and 13 year old right now in the parks? So I find this, first of all, pretty interesting because I know there's been a lot of debates at other theme parks right now about chaperones. And, you know, there have been some incidents, some violent incidents at Knott's Berry Farm and some other parks, you know, especially in association with the Halloween haunt kind of events that have been happening. So Disney's kind of on the other end of the spectrum. And maybe that's sort of, maybe because it is more of a family-friendly park, it's just, you know, a different set of expectations at Disney parks than it is necessarily at some others. But uh, it's interesting that Disney's rules are so lax. And I mean, I guess that's, I kind of like it because then it's, you know, parents get to use their best judgment and, you know, honestly, just looking at the different personalities and maturity levels of my kids, I probably will treat each kid a little bit differently as I do in parenting generally. My 13-year-old is super responsible. And in fact, we were just at a theme park, not a Disney theme park, last weekend. And she took her best friend and I let the two of them go off for several hours by themselves and ride rides and, you know, knew that I could trust them to behave themselves. And it was super successful. I mean, of course they had a cell phone and could get in touch with me and, you know, met back up, but very comfortable with that at our local theme park. And I would be even more comfortable with that at a Disney theme park at this stage. And and I have definitely let my daughter, I guess the first time I let her do something alone at a Disney resort was last Halloween. So she was 12 she and a friend got to walk around downtown Disney while the younger kids were at the hotel with a babysitter. So that was when I sort of let them really go and fly. What do you think about that, Joe? Yeah, that makes sense. And I think Disney kind of has the same idea across their properties. Now, it's obviously a little bit different because they're confined to a cruise ship, but Disney Cruise Line allows your kids to check themselves out. Of course, you have to give them permission, written permission for them to do this. But if you want, your kids can check themselves out of the kids club at the age of eight. And so, you know, if they wanted to leave, you don't have to come pick them up. They can sign themselves out, go back to the stateroom themselves. So Disney does definitely seem pretty like seven, eight seems like the age where Disney is comfortable with kids having some independence. And then, like you said, it's about what the parents are comfortable with. I think, frankly, I would be okay. I, I would have to give her a phone, but I'd be okay with my nine-year-old in the Disney parks on her own. Definitely on Disney Cruise Line. You know, when we were on our last cruise, I was like, if you want to run around the ship by yourself, you can. She did a little bit, but not too far away from us just because I think for her, it's if she had a friend, 
she would probably do it and I'd feel fine. Um, but you know, I don't feel fine if it's her and her seven-year-old brother because uh, he can be a, a little bit of a handful as uh, seven-year-old little brothers can sometimes be. And so, yeah, it, it it does also depend on the kid. Of course, I feel much more comfortable with her. I even felt much more comfortable with her when she was seven than I do with my son right now when he is seven um, because, you know, he just runs 100 miles per hour no matter where he goes, even if I'm just letting him go to the bathroom by himself. So there's always that to bear in mind. Um, And that kind of brings us to, you know, there are a lot of factors to consider when deciding how much independence to give your kids at Disney. And I just want to go over, you know, there are no hard and fast answers. And we should have started the episode by saying, we're not telling anyone to let your kids go off alone at Disney or, or to not let your kids go off alone at Disney. We are just thinking through this, this concept ourselves as parents to our children. And so we thought it would be interesting to open up the discussion to Disney Decipher listeners. So in case you're thinking about that as well, just sharing our thoughts. So maybe that'll help you to form your thoughts. So let's talk about some of the questions to ask yourself when deciding how much independence to give to your kids. And I think the first thing to ask is, is Disney safe? Now, obviously nowhere is safe, but you said it yourself, you feel more comfortable. You probably feel more comfortable letting your daughter wander a little alone at Disney than you did at the other theme park you were at. And I was just wondering if you could elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I just think that it is a family-friendly place. And so, I mean, I, I know certainly I have found other people's lost kids my, as a mom, like myself at Disney Park. So I kind of have always had the expectation that, like, other parents would be doing that for me when I had little ones. So if you have that kind of level of comfort and safety, and, of course, cast members are just everywhere in the parks, you just feel like you have somebody who's looking out for your kids, uh, you know, if something were to go really awry. And I always train my kids from when they were very, very little to look for the cast member name tags. So it's it's easy to find somebody there as opposed to maybe at other theme parks that are not as highly staffed or just other public places where people aren't as, as easily identified as someone trustworthy that you can go to if you're, you know, in trouble for whatever reason. So yeah, I think it's about as safe of a place as, you know, there is. And, you know, when you bring together thousands and thousands of people, you know, uh, like you said, I, I, I do think Cruise Line and, and by extension for us as well, Alani felt even safer because it was kind of, you know, even tighter of a bubble. Um, we, we let my daughter at age 10 go off by herself regularly at Alani and uh, I guess we shall see next week whether we'll let my nine-year-old son start doing a little bit of the same. Even last trip, actually, though, we let him go back to the room by himself. We gave him a key, and he could go up to the room by himself if he got tired before the rest of us were ready to, to go in for the day. So, yeah, I mean, I do think the the safety factor, just because of the well-trained and ubiquitous cast members, is definitely quite high. What do you think? I agree. And, of course, everything is safe relative. But in terms of compared to the real world, the Disney bubble, I just think it's a lot more. I, you know, the other thing that I will add is I feel like parents of not your kids, not my kids' parents, but just other parents in the park, they're kind of more aware of these things. My daughter, she's pretty short. So even though I've been to the park with her when she's like nine years old, I can tell, well, I know that there are other moms in the bathroom with her who don't think she's nine because people will come out of the bathroom and be like oh she's doing great in there and i'm like yeah she's nine years old she can go to the bathroom by herself but um that is kind of reassuring as well like everyone almost everyone who's there at disney world are parents and they're just 
more in tune um, with those things. And not to say that doesn't happen at home. I remember once I was at home and my kids were like maybe a hundred yards ahead of me walking home alone. And they like, I, I let them cross the street themselves. And I know that I saw this lady looking around being like, who abandoned these children uh, as they crossed the street? So it's not like people don't do that elsewhere, but I feel like at Disney, people are really in tune with the fact that there are a lot of kids there and keeping an eye on that. So it's as safe as uh, a place can get, but of course, no place is completely safe. So that's up to your comfort level. I think the one thing that I would like 100% do whenever I let my kids wander around alone, whenever I'm ready to let the kids wander around alone at Disney World is make sure they have a cell phone. I almost am starting to wonder, and this is just part of like my life life, whether I need a third cell phone line, adult cell phone line that I don't let the kids have unless I let them. This is... Uh, not to get too much into my life, I'm like wondering whether they can walk home from school alone now. And so, you know, I want them to have a cell phone for that. And definitely at Disney World, I would want them to have a cell phone in case they need me. We have a third line secretly on a phone. <laughs> I think at least my older kid has figured out that the phone has cell service, but <laughs> the younger one doesn't really get it yet, which is great. But yeah, she's 13. She... <laughs> if she didn't figure that out, well, I would actually be concerned. Well, we kept it a secret for a long time. But then at one point, we did have to start using it for something like this. And yeah, cat's out of the bag. So there you go. But it's not her phone yet. We're still having that debate. You got to keep it under lock and key. Yeah, that's right. Uh, under lock and key. Um, another thing that I think really matters at Walt Disney World is how familiar they are with the parks. And I guess we have an advantage here, you at Disneyland, me getting there at Disney World with the kids. But if they go regularly, then I think that you know you can feel much more comfortable that they won't get lost. They know where to go, or if they can read a map. You know, I think that's something that you can think about now here's one that i'm not ready for yet um i'm not sure if you're ready yet with your 13 year old but let's say you're staying at a moderate at what point or what are you thinking to yourself in terms of whether you leave them at the parks and just let them take disney transportation on their own back to say port orleans riverside or coronado springs when would when do you think you might feel ready for that or what are some of the factors that would help you determine whether you would be cool with your 13 year old doing that because disney's rules say you have to be 14 to enter on your own but there are no rules about how old you have to be to leave on your own that's right that's right and i think i mean 14 seems quite reasonable my daughter's 13 and a half i think i would be comfortable today doing that with letting her you know if she knew the transportation i probably wouldn't let her do it for the first trip back from that park to the hotel but if we're later in the week and she's you know say ridden the skyliner you know back to caribbean beach or something like that and she knows the route from that park then i would be comfortable letting her do that especially especially if she was with a friend that would be something i don't think i'd let her be like escorting my nine-year-old doing that like you say the the younger brother factor is more of a wild card but but yeah I think if she was with a friend I would be comfortable right about now but again she's pretty well traveled she has a good sense of direction she would have a cell phone so those are all kind of factors that would come into play for me but uh we're kind of right at the, the moment I don't think I would have done it last year for sure I'm realizing that if I want my kids to have more independence now I gotta start taking their friends on these trips ridiculous <laughs> this is the age once you start having the teenager the friends want to come along oh yeah i know one of the worst things about us getting covid before our cruise this summer is that uh or i guess it was my mom who got covid before our cruise is that we didn't get to travel with our friends because i was totally ready for the nine-year-old to run around with all her friends on the disney wonder uh on 
her own. So that was too bad. I mean, that's a great place to do it if you take a cruise um, with friends. I think um, the last factor to bring up, which uh, you brought up as well, is I do think it's important from a young age. So maybe I need to do a better job of this with my kids, but to help them to identify who the cast members are, who to ask for help at Walt Disney World. It's it's different than in the real world um, who you would tell them to ask for help, but it's actually you know way more ubiquitous the people that could ask for help. So I think that's a good shout that uh, help your kids learn how to identify cast members uh, before you let them off on their own in Walt Disney World. The other thing to think about is leaving kids at the hotel on their own, and there's no set Disney policy on this. So I did find an article that says what are the Florida laws on that. And the article is kind of, uh, it's a little bit cryptic because not cryptic, but maybe not so useful because there's no set age in Florida. It's up to parents to decide when their children are old enough. But if something goes wrong, when your kids are alone, there can be consequences for that. Um, And the law that comes into play there, and this is quoting from the article, which we'll link into the show notes, is that the law that comes into play is the law that addresses child abuse or child neglect. And the law that outlines what children have to have in order to be home alone, which I guess probably relates more towards people who live in Florida and if they left their kids at home alone without food, but maybe it could be applied to the hotel. There's a recommendation that kids should not be left home alone before the age of 12. However, I think it's different at Disney World when you're at a hotel room because like already, even when I was with that, with my seven-year-old, if you listen to my Caribbean Beach re- Resort report, it worked out very well because the quick service spyglass grill was right across the courtyard from where my room was. So my son could watch me from the hotel window. But honestly, since it was just the two of us, I would have left him in the room to go get him food from spyglass grill. uh, If he didn't want to go out or if he was tired or if he was, uh, you know, just not in the situation to go out. So like I would have felt comfortable leaving him there. And that's a little different than leaving your kids home alone because you're, you're gone for like 10 minutes max picking up food. What is your feelings about, uh, or I guess, I guess you let your son go back to the hotel room alone already. Well, I did it at Alani for, you know, a brief period of time. Like we were going to go up 20 minutes later or something like that. Yeah. No, I, at Disney world as well. Also on the same summer trip, I did leave my son in the hotel room while I went to pick up quick service. And even for a little bit longer than that, because I did, I think, go out and take some pictures of the resort. So he was probably by himself in the hotel room for maybe maybe up to 30 minutes by himself. But, you know, again, he had that third cell phone. He knows how to text me. He knows how to call me. And, you know, we do know basic safety procedures. Like, <laughs> if the hotel is on fire or the fire alarm goes off, like, what do you do? He understands, like, that kind of basic, and uh, you know, instructions and has that kind of judgment, at least at, at age nine. He was eight at the time of our trip this summer. So yeah, practically I'm not going to leave him by himself, you know, at home for hours on end. Like, well, you know, I'm out to dinner or at a movie, but for something, you know, I'm a solo parent on this trip and I need to go pick up food and his feet are tired. Yeah. I'm going to do that for sure for a, a short period of time. Yeah. And you know, I think a good context to bring up is what is your comfort level? Just so people can, you know, you hear what we're saying we do with our own kids, but I think important context is, Leslie, what do you do with your kids at home? Like, are you comfortable leaving them home alone at home? Because I think that info might help people to understand, 
you know, how we're dealing with them in general, since this really isn't a Disney only conversation. Sure. So at home, I mean, my daughter's 13 and she babysits other kids in the neighborhood. So I will leave her in charge of younger brother to babysit for an extended period of time. So I feel like I'm at that comfort level. And I will also leave my son for a short period of time because sometimes there's situations where sister has a practice and I have to go drop her off and my son's working on homework. So I'll go, you know, we live in a, you know, safe suburb. So I'll go drop her off at sports practice and come back, you know, and leave my son at the house by himself for a short period of time. So that's sort of the comfort level we're at at this moment. And I think part of that was out of necessity from the pandemic, because there was a period of time where none of us were using babysitters. So, you know, we had to sort of make judgment calls about, okay, can I leave my kids for 10 minutes to do this errand I want to do? And I'm not going to bring the kid along to the store because that's not safe either during COVID times. So yeah, that was sort of where I think some of our boundaries and comfort levels were set. Yeah. And for me, the nine and seven year old, they stay home alone at least 20 minutes a week when I go pick up their sister. What I like started with the first time I left them home alone, I was like, uh, it was a weekday and it's like, here, turn on the Nintendo Switch. Just keep playing Switch until I come back. Uh, And I was like, you know, this is the only time. Don't move from this couch. Do nothing but play video games until I get back. (laughs) Yeah. Or, 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 or uh, you know, I did the same thing with TV as well. Right. Um, and that was the first couple of times. Now they, they're used to it enough. You know, I, I'll, I'll leave them and I'll be like, you know, make yourself a snack. Um, obviously not like on the stove or anything like that, but, you know, deal with your own snack. And when I come home, um, I'll be home. I, at this point, I am, have also gotten comfortable leaving my seven-year-old for like, 10, 15, 20 minutes alone, but when it's just my seven-year-old by himself, and again, this is just to give context to what we're saying we do with our kids at Disney, just to give context, like my seven-year-old, if I'm leaving my seven-year-old home alone, uh, my seven-year-old son, he's of, I don't want him walking around the house, or I just I just have nightmares that he will somehow injure himself, so when it's just him, it's sit on the couch, just play the Switch, enjoy <laughs> Your extra screen time. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. There you go. Yeah. So, um, you know, ultimately, I think the decision at Disney about how much independence to give your kids, it's really very similar to the decisions that you're making at home. I just feel like personally, at Disney, there's actually more leeway and slack because the Disney bubble. There's just like a lot. I don't know. It just feels. I don't, I don't think safer is the word, but it just feels much more controlled than home, which is weird because it's not where you live. Well, let me be clear, like letting a kid alone, walk around alone in a Disney park just feels a little bit more controlled because of the family atmosphere and stuff like that than it would be, um, you know, I mean, I live in the middle of the city. So I mean, honestly, because I live in the middle of the city, my kids actually are a little bit more independent because of that. But, you know, it's just one of those things. But I don't know how you feel about the decision for independence at Disney versus the decision just in your general life with your kids. Yeah. I probably gave my daughter at least a little bit more independence, even at Disney for the first time. I mean, at least at Alani now that I think about it, but you know, we, we do live in, like I said, a pretty safe suburb, but then again, we're still in the San Francisco Bay area. So, you know, (laughs) we are in the big city by extension as well. Yeah. And I, for me, just with my comfort level with Disney, Disney almost feels like training wheels for independence for them. And again, I would reiterate that like Disney Cruise Line is really like training wheels. Like I, I really feel comfortable with giving the kids more independence there. In the parks, 
I still feel more comfortable there than giving them as much independence at home, but it's just not, you know, it's just not as contained as Disney Cruise Line is. And then again, I think, I think you really hit the nail on the head. If we were there with friends, like with another family or something like that, then, you know, kids of the same age, even if they were nine, they have each other to support each other. Um, if they're fairly responsible and then I would feel even more comfortable then, and then we would only need one of the families to have a phone. Amazing. Convenient. So bottom line, you know, we just, we just need to travel together and then all our kids can just wander off the four-year-old. I'm just, just to be like 100% clear, I am not leaving her alone, uh, in any, any way, shape or form, um, at all. The most that we will leave her home alone is that, uh, dad's waiting at the bottom of the stairs for mom to come home. And then we like literally tag each other before anyone leaves. I remember those uh, days. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just want to be clear uh, about that. So uh, to summarize, you know, for Disney 14 and up Disney really is like, they can do whatever they want. And then that seven to 14 age Disney really does seem like they're comfortable with them exploring the parks on their own, but it's up to your discretion as a parent. You know the kid, your kid the best. Don't push them to be more independent than they want to be or need to be, um, and you know figure out what works best for you and your family. But you know, with us with having three kids, I can definitely see our, us getting to a point where it's like the older kids want to go ride Flight of Passage or something like that, and. You know, I guess that's not a good example because my wife would want to go on that. But they want to go ride something. Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Cosmic Rewind. And my wife and I don't want to get sick. Uh, we just let them go by themselves. And it's definitely something I can see happen. And yeah, I'm sorry. I started moving into conclusion tone. But I totally forgot that a really nice way to start teaching the kids independence is letting them utilize those single rider lines once they're over seven year old, seven years old. And remember, that rule is that you have to be seven to ride on your own and that's when your kids can start utilizing single rider lines and then uh we talked about it in my trip report but like you can tell them where to wait and stuff like that and so i don't know is your nine-year-old into those yet i I think my seven-year-old i don't know if he'd do it but if he if he wanted to do it and it was a short single rider line i'd probably let him he'd do it but the question is would he do any of the rides that have single rider (laughs) (laughs) forgot about so i'm trying to rack my brain Goofy Sky School. Yeah, he probably wouldn't ride Goofy Sky School by himself because it's too scary. I mean, he, he'll ride it, but he needs the support of a parent right there sitting next to him. So I'll have to lo- look at the single rider line lists and see if there's anything. But, I mean, theoretically, I mean, yes. If he's not riding Goofy Sky School, uh, maybe it's not happening. That's right. Oh, Smuggler's Run, maybe? Ooh, yeah. But he still probably would want to be in the same cockpit as me. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, we could do that in a pinch. We could do that in a pinch. Yeah. So further illustration that like there are a million factors and even if your kids are old enough technically to be independent at Disney World, maybe they're not ready yet. And again, we're not telling anyone to push your kids to do anything, but we just thought it would be an interesting conversation to have since, you know, this these are decisions that uh, I'm thinking about all the time in real life and also in uh, fantasy Disney World life. All right, Joe. Well, let's close this one out with a traditional Disney do or don't. What do we have? Yeah, so my Disney do is related to the independence thing, and that is to do involve your kids in planning your trips. Even if you are, and I know people like to drop Disney trips as a surprise, as a present for their kids, that's totally awesome. You should definitely do that. But after they know about it, 
whether it's you're on the plane or whether it's even you're in the car and you just pass the arches at Disney World, involve your kids in planning your trips because not only does that help them with buy-in on the trips, but it also helps them potentially become more independent if they're eventually going to go at it alone. You know, as they help you choose the rides that they want to go on or go to these locations or, you know, I remember when I was a kid, my parents would give me the map and be like, okay, you want to go on this ride to show us how to get there. Um, and so, you know, you can do things like that and it's fun for the kids and they learn that way. And so as they get more independent, the more you can involve them in the planning, that's just going to really help them with their independence overall, uh, Disney wise. Totally agree. All right. Well, let us know your thoughts. If there are any factors that we didn't remember or hit on that you, you think should be considered before letting your kids off the leash at Walt Disney World or any of the Disney properties, let us know. DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on Facebook and Instagram, Disney Deciphered. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, and I will see you making sure that GPS location is on your kid's cell phone all the time when you finally give them one. Thanks, Jeff.